Welcome to the Photog Adventures Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is episode 7 of the Photog Adventures Podcast. I'm Aaron King. And I'm Brendan Porter. And we are the Photog Adventurers. We have photogadventures.com where you can follow along with our photography portfolio adventures as we go out. We have our day jobs, our family responsibilities, and every little moment that we find, we get out there together and we go and find some photography, some moments where there are astrophotography to capture or landscape photography to capture, and you're coming along with us for the ride. So today we're going to talk about our adventure out doing some sunset photography and car trails we had actually never made it to a sunset yet as photog adventurers we had tried a couple times they happened to be sunsets during these adventures we were going but it typically happened while we were in the car and we'd hop out real quick and take a shot but this was <laughs> yeah. our first location we actually planned to go to and brendan had the idea of where we needed to go yeah so i found the rocks at the mouth of the canyon in parley's canyon and so this is, if you're, you, if you're familiar with Salt Lake Valley, this is right off the I-80 and I-215 interchange, heading east to Park City, right as you enter Parley's Canyon. So why on earth did you choose this location of all locations for a sunset shot? Yeah, so, so one day I was driving home from Park City, and I was driving underneath this little, as you, as you come off of the I-80 heading back to Salt Lake, there's a little interchange road and there's some little bridges. And I looked up and I saw this little bridge and I thought, oh, that bridge looks cool. So I was all by myself and I thought, you know what? I'm going to pull over the next exit and I'm going to find out where that bridge is. And if it's cool, like this could be a really cool, like cityscape shot, like sunset or city lights or something. So I got there and found a little parking lot at the end of the road and I didn't see my bridge. And I was like, that's weird. I see these kids playing in the park right there. There's a little tiny mini, I'm talking mini, mini park. I mean, it was like 20 or 30 feet by 40 feet wide park. <laughs> I honestly didn't realize there was a park. Yeah, I just thought it was, it was so a small. trailhead. Yeah, if you blink, you miss it. And there's a trailhead <laughs> right there to the right of it. And I walked up that trail, kept on going, then found these really cool boulders that were higher vantage point. And then I looked to the left down. I'm like, oh, there's my bridge. Okay, I like the rocks better. So, um <laughs> So I ended up uh, finding a cool spot there and took some shots and then told, told you about it a few days later. So I rented a camera from LensRentals.com, and I'm happy to actually mention their name because the story goes further, and they were fantastically accommodating. Man, I loved working with them, and I can't wait to rent from them again. But I rented a Canon 6D, and it arrived early, so here I am last minute, brought it with me to work, and all I could think about while I was at work that Friday that I want to go out and do something. And Brendan knew that place, and it was a perfect close stop for us to do on a last-minute evening adventure. Yeah, so I said, come on over to my place. We'll grab something to eat, eat real fast, and we'll head up the road it was only about maybe 15 minutes from my place so it was pretty nice yeah easy to get to so here we are at this location where it's basically a busy delta of roads you could head north you could head south or you can break out of those and go east through the canyon and from our vantage point we look down on top of all of these perhaps not as tall or as high up on top of them as i would have enjoyed but you had lots of vantage point for distance and wide shot and so we had lots of our scenery all underneath what was a beautiful interesting dramatic awesome sky of clouds perhaps a little bit too much of a blanket a billowy blanket of dynamic dark angry clouds they weren't separated there wasn't a lot of separation between these clouds but the sun was shining underneath this blanket of clouds. To the left of us in the distance by Harriman was 
rain, obviously pouring, starting to make the cloud separation in the mountains have this bit of a mist and a difference of light and color. And you could see how the sunset was going to have this canvas to paint on. And we knew we had a great opportunity here. We needed to get in position fast. On our way there, we missed some of the best part of the clouds, some of the more interesting color that was directly above us, but the color was still spreading out along the whole valley in the distance. And so we had to find a position up this hill that we could take our shot. And it was crazy because we were up on these cliff faces looking out over these rocks, and I never quite felt like I was on a cliff. Normally, I'd be a little bit more nervous and feel the precariousness of that position, but it never felt that scary to be up there. Yeah, and... Uh... I had been there before, um, you know, a few days later, as I mentioned, and I liked the location in general. And I was, it was really windy the first night I went up there, and which was fine because I wasn't really that prepared. So I had just had my, I just had my fleece thinking, eh, it might be a little cold, so I'll bring it just in case. So I'm glad I did, because my fleece was like not windproof at all, but it was perfect because it kept me just warm enough as the cool air was blowing because I was super hot from walking up that trail like super fast because I was like trying <laughs> to get the sun before it set and I uh, felt that and so that first day I was just like oh I'm just like practically running up this hill and I was so out of I'm so out of shape that it was just killing me and so I, I don't think I brought any water with me either so or maybe I did I don't <laughs> I can't remember anyways but we didn't bring any when we went no. we, we just weren't thinking yeah I just yeah it's it's pretty steep it's a steep trail, so um, <laughs> we will bring water next time. At least you're only out of shape and not overweight, because I had both of those working against me <laughs> when we ran up that hill. Yeah, so it's it's a tough one. I, I can see why people go up and down there for exercise. So. <laughs> so what I found, though, is that I missed the sunset that first night, but I found that the city lights were actually very interesting. And then I started focusing on the traffic behind, below me, and I thought, oh, wow, I can do some timed exposures and get some of the car trails. And I was very happy with the results when I came back home. And I was like, hey, I actually like some of these. This is pretty cool. And the uh, interesting thing is after the sun was well set, I mean, it was, to my naked eye, it was practically dark. But the camera was picking up after 20-second exposure and sometimes even 30-second exposure to get longer car trails. It looked like the sun was just barely setting. So that's just maybe one tip for you guys out there. When if you want to get car trails, go well, like an hour after, if you don't want any sky, go at least an hour after the sunset. So, um, if you're just looking for black sky and just the city lights, yeah, the, the sun, the sky still lit up so much from, from the, from the sun. You don't realize that when you do a long exposure. So, um, I so saw your took... picture. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. So I good. saw your picture when you put it up on Flickr and you shared it with me. And I was very jealous of that location because I was seeing photography tutorials on car trails. I saw a lot of tutorials that were showing these really interesting winding S curve roads or intersecting roads or like a deep trench of a road that went between two higher elevated roads. And so I thought, mm -hmm. where's going to be our location here close by that's going to give me this kind of interest and I can do car trails? When you sent that picture to me to show it off, I found it. I thought, okay, this is perfect. Where was oh, that's this? That's funny. Yeah, I didn't even know that. That's cool. It's kind of funny how things work out like that, huh? <laughs> but yeah, exactly. I was excited to get out there and do that photography, and I didn't know where. And all of a sudden, you sent me this picture. and was like, hey, check out what I got. And I was envious, jealous. And when I got done with those feelings, I was really excited that you found it and happy that you could take me there. Yeah, man, I'm more than, luck more than happy to share my location. So, 
It's um, good because one of these days we're going to fight over a picture and one of us is going to die. And But someone's going to win. Someone mm-hmm. will win. I so, just know I have the weight to throw around. So let's go ahead and take I, a quick <laughs> Let's go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll come back for the next segment and talk more about this trip where we went to and how it went and what worked well for us. Like I said, LendRentals.com, I'm more than happy to say their name and give them the free advertisement that this is because it went awesome with them. I was looking around to try and find a good price for a Canon 6D. I needed to rent it for our trip to the Goosenecks and I wanted the month. I wanted enough time to be out there with it. And so who was going to give me a rental that was going to cost $100 or less and have the time for that whole weekend? It actually was tough. There were a few rentals that were pretty promising, but then they charged almost 150, 160. And as I get closer to $200 for just renting the 60, I felt like I might as well just buy the 60. It's only going to cost me 1,200, and if I rent it once for 200 bucks, I'm practically bought into it and giving it back. And so I didn't want to do that. I kept looking around. Well, it's not just the price that made me excited about LensRentals.com. They sent me the confirmation that I made the rental. It was a six-day rental. I wanted it until June 6th, so I expected it around June 1st. And when the confirmation email came in, it said, hey, you know what? You might get your camera rental a little early, and if you do, don't worry about it. It's not going to cost you any extra. Just go ahead and keep it. That just means more time for you. It'll still be due on the day we committed, and in this case, June 6th. So here I'm thinking, hey, it might come in on like Monday or Tuesday. No, this camera came in on the 26th. 7th, Friday, (laughs) May 27th. And I happen to still be home. And so when I saw this camera come in, I'm like, holy crap, I got to bring my stuff. I grabbed all my gear that I could, not most of it, but what I could. And I got it out in the car and I took it with me to work. And that's why this whole thing came up. And so Lens Rentals, if you need a place to go with, I recommend them. I recommend other places too. But man, I couldn't have been happier. Just because this camera showed up early and I wasn't ready for a photog adventure, I had nothing but my work clothes to go out in. And so we're going going out at night and I did have a jacket to keep me warmer but I was wearing like church pants work pants and a button-up shirt I did take off my tie because I wasn't gonna be that guy the guy in the tie who's overdressed and out of place like in all those movies <laughs> where the guy who's overplaced and overdressed out of place and overdressed and he gets killed first yeah, yeah. yeah I'm looking at the lawyer from Jurassic Park who didn't believe in Malcolm and the chaos theory and ended up getting eaten by that Tyrannosaurus Rex in the first 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I didn't want to be that guy, especially since we were up on the cliffs. So now let's talk more about what went really well about our photography and what we could have done better. Um, When we were there, you told me that that you liked the the location in general. And uh, for me, since I'd already been there and I got some shots of the car trails from one angle, I was happy to, to do some more, but they still felt like kind of the same thing. So... Um, and then you had suggested to me, Hey, well, what about behind us? And I looked behind us and I'm like, duh, why didn't I think of that? Like there's more cars going that way and it's just a totally different <laughs> landscape. So yeah. So I, You're welcome. so I got some cool shots and I set up my tripod, like literally hanging over this cliff. Like I trusted up my tripod, like in between this hole and the rocks that was just like <laughs> sheer cliff. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. as safe as I felt that we were, every time I looked over at you, you reminded me quickly how precarious this act was. <laughs> I was like perched on the side of this rock, like <laughs> sh- straight down, like 50 feet 
drop. And I uh, kept having scenarios play out in my head where I pictured you falling, and I somehow grabbed your tripod in time, and I saved your Canon 5D Mark III, and I got to keep it. And then I was dead. And then you were dead. Yes, but I would take a picture of you with your Canon 5D Mark III. Yeah. Look, see, honey, he's dead. So, <laughs> oh. anyways, happy <laughs> thoughts. Happy so, anyways, thoughts. I thought that was an interesting opportunity to um, to get a different angle, and I actually liked some of the pictures that came out of that. So, yeah, it was good. I can honestly thank the people on YouTube who I've been following and watching, Nick Page, David Kingham, the S-Stoppers. A lot of them keep saying things like, when you're out here and you're trying, oh, I can't mention, I can't forget to mention Jim Harmer. These guys like Jim Harmer and Nick Page have recently said, sometimes you just need to look around and maybe behind you is something more interesting than what you're looking at in front of you. And when they're talking to Majid mm-hmm. Batizadigan, they said something about getting those roots on your tripod and sometimes you arrive in a cool location and you keep those roots on your tripod and you don't move the entire time that the light is there. And in this case, we had plenty of time because the car trails could go all night long. But man... They reminded me of that, and it was on my mind, and so I can't take all the credit. i got to give some credit to those guys for reminding nice, us to have nice. that perspective of just looking around. Well, thanks, guys. I, like, I appreciate bet. it. So what went well for me, obviously, I was loving the full-frame camera. I can't say enough about mm. having a full-frame instead of a crop sensor. I originally mm. bought this Canon 70D to record YouTube videos so that I could have a quality auto-focusing camera that was highly recommended for video. Mm-hmm. And then also work for photography of nighttime and landscape. My wife wanted me to get something that was something we could use for the whole family and all versatile. And so I thought this is the best way to take it. But man, all I do is landscape and all I do is astrophotography. And I need that wide angle lens or the least the widest that the frame can give me. So I really, really loved it. I use my 24 millimeter Rokinon for this landscape. And I actually normally don't use it in the daytime because there are isn't an autofocus, but I didn't want to go to my kit lens because at this time I didn't have a really good lens for landscape photography, but it went great. It Even with the manual focus and for, forcing myself to not bump it because it's very touchy on that Rokinon lens, mm-hmm. I kept it in focus and I got a great shot. One of the things that turned out really well that I wasn't expecting is when we were up on the hill, I started looking, okay, where's some color? Where's some foreground color? And we're not talking astrophotography foreground. We're talking directly two feet in front of me foreground, Mm -hmm. something that's obviously in the foreground. And I couldn't find anything. I was looking for color. It was all just sagebrush and green, green, green. And then there was some color. And it was awesome because this was a purplish pink color, which up against the yellow in the sky of the sunset, it was a perfect complementary color on mm-hmm. the color spectrum. And I had this orange going with this yellow, and it looked awesome. It looked really, really good. And I'm excited that I also could add to that the car trails, these red and white car trails along the base of that sunset picture. It became a very interesting composition that I wasn't expecting to get everything all in once. Nice. So really, what could have gone better? Uh, I would have liked to have had a little bit more time. I think we kind of got off on a wrong foot or we started late or something. I can't remember exactly what it was. If we kind of, if we ate something, it took too long or if we just got too, too long getting out of the car. It's probably me. It it's always you. my fault. I'm always the one running late. So I was coming from work, so I had no obligations. Unfortunately, yeah, you I still have a family. Yeah, I forget that. It was probably that. me. 
I forget that once I arrive at your house, your family doesn't immediately just forfeit you as their father and husband. Yeah, I gotta do some finessing sometimes. I gotta finesse. I'm gonna be gone for a little while. Um, (laughs) So I would have liked more, have more time. Um, The sun was setting really fast, and just having a little bit more time to set up a conversation we'd like to fill. It just felt really rushed. Like we're just like, okay, we're here. Uh, Find something. Uh, uh, What are we gonna do? And it's just like. And then we didn't really get a chance to really soak in the environment and really find out what the best composition was, the best angles and stuff like that. So Exactly. I, I the first 10 time. minutes we were there, I felt like I was mad. And we only mm. had so much light left. And I spent the first 10 minutes of that light just frustrated that we were late. Not with you or with me, but just that, man, I wish I could have gotten off work earlier and we could have gotten up here an hour ago and really put our tripod down in a position that was good. I was right, winging right. everything. I was just jamming it all in as fast as I could instead of really putting thought into it. And sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves too, you know, and it's just like yeah. we can stress <laughs> ourselves out really easily by looking for the right, the right moment and the right <laughs> composition. And like I said earlier in the podcast, I mean, we hadn't gotten there for a sunset shot yet. I mean, mm-hmm. we kept missing it. We were driving, we were heading for somewhere for astrophotography and we could have also gotten some mm-hmm. sunset, but then we never mm-hmm. did. So with me, when I was sitting there and we had that situation, like Brendan said, that if you don't wait an hour after sunset, the light seems like it's still setting and that the sun is still up, even though it's long beyond the horizon, that longer shutter to get that car trail is just way too bright. And so if I had an ND filter that fit my 24 millimeter Rokinon, I would have been happier. I had an ND filter that fit my kit lens. It's a cheap ND filter, but I'm looking forward to buying a large, extra large ND filter that's quality Mm -hmm. that can fit on any size millimeter lens that I have. That way I can put it in front of something like this if I end up using it in a daytime shot again and still block some light and have a longer exposure. Good point. So we already talked about writing earlier. We talked about how we could have been better off with more time to focus on our composition. But now let's talk about gear. When we come back from our last break, we'll focus on gear time with Brendan and we'll have a tip of the week. Hey guys, welcome to Gear Time. Um, today we are going to talk about tripods. So yeah, this can be a really su- touchy subject for some people because there are so many different types of tripods. I mean, mm-hmm. China's pumping them out like crazy. You can probably get 50 different kinds at any store you go to. You can find them at Walmart. You can probably pop, you can probably find them at Walgreens. Yeah, they're everywhere. Let's talk about it. I've used a few co- different kinds over the years. Uh, anywhere from the really cheapest free kinds to some really nice beefy Manfrotto legs that I have now um, that are made out of a, you know, solid aluminum tubes and whatnot. So the price can vary so much between brands and types that it's really hard to recommend the right tripod for everyone. I can't because everybody's going to be different. So I personally use a Manfrotto aluminum tripod. I have a couple of the same ones. I was really lucky to find a pair of them on an auction and I got them both at the same time. So that was really nice. So I could actually experiment a little bit. I could put on different heads. I can use one for my video stuff. I could use one for just my photography, which I had set up for a while. And then when Aaron and I got together and started going out on these adventures together, I just thought, oh, I have an extra one. If Aaron wants to use something bigger than his other tripod, I got a spare for that. So 
that was nice. So I could I bought a nice Calumet Calumet ball head, which is a Manfrotto um, competitor or knockoff. I don't, I'm not sure, but they're they, they're similar, same mount, same mounting system. So I bought one of those, put it on my other one, so then I had uh, a little bit more flexibility. So I was excited to use that one for this trip. So I just got it in the mail, like I think a day or two before. So but when it comes to you and your tripod needs, I would recommend looking at as many reviews online as you can. Try to find something and try to read the comments and see, you know, sometimes you can figure out a lot from someone else's comments like, oh, I definitely don't want that, you know. And then you can find other reviews where it's like, oh, this this sounds like the guy's, his review sounds a lot like what I could be looking for, what I could use. So trying them out in person is very huge. Borrow them from someone. If you know someone with a nice set of tripods. Um, <laughs> Are you hitting <laughs> on that guy? Or? That's a nice set of tripods <laughs> you got there, buddy. So try them out in person. Borrow them from a friend. Uh, rent some nicer ones if you have the chance to do that. Um, Definitely recommend renting. I tried renting some three-legged things, and you would think that they would be fantastic for travel because they're so small, so light. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I quickly found out that they're were places on this tripod where it gets loose and while you're out in the field you don't have all the tools even if you have a thingamajig or whatever they call that mm-hmm. where you have that special tool i have a leatherman oh, that has yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. tools on it i couldn't fix it in that situation oh. and i had a shot that wasn't working because the head was turning a little bit on me so i couldn't get a consistent pair of shots to bracket my shots unless i was extra ap- absolutely extra careful to not move yeah anything. so that's so there's great value in having something in your own hands and trying it your own way and what your style is uh, versus just you know seeing a picture of it or reading a review so get it in your hands if you can or if you can't get as many reviews in as you can Um, so there's so many different types some are heavier and beefier than others Um, they range from fifty dollars for some nice light small Manfrotto ones, which might be great for some things, up to two thousand dollars and up for really high-end carbon fiber, you know, light as a feather but super strong um, tripods. So I've never liked to buy things new or retail. That's just who I am. I am the deal guy. I don't mind buying things used, and tripods is one of those things you can really buy used. I mean, if you buy a nice nicer set that's usually, you know, two three hundred dollars. Buy a used one for 150 or something like that and save yourself some money because the $300 ones can take a beating like nobody's business and you can still get a good deal because uh, just make sure this thing wasn't dropped off a cliff before you <laughs> bought it, you know? And, That's uh, why I caught the tripod. You know, they have lots of it. pictures on eBay. <laughs> Look at all the pictures carefully and read the description. Um, but yeah, so that's tripods for you guys. I'm glad you brought up tripods because I have to bring forward a little bit of shame. Not shame as much as just excitement for my impulse buy, but I bit the bullet last night. And I was staring at my order of the Acrotech ball head that was coming to my house next week, and I thought, what the heck am I going to put this on? And I've been looking everywhere for tripods. I've been watching videos on tripods and reviews because a lot of times they'll talk about that (laughs) ultimate tripod they totally recommend, but then they also say, hey, but if you're in the market for something that's a couple hundred dollars, maybe 100 to 300 here's what I'd recommend for that. They never recommend anything below $100 just because unless it's a nice quality tripod used, if it's a brand new one for that price, man, it is going to break on it's you. It's not, not going to last long. It's, it's just yeah. you'll have five or six yeah. of them before you know it. Right. And so I've been learning what tripod I can go with. And I found the ultimate tripod that's going to work with me, work for me for years. That's a carbon fiber. Hmm. It's 
supports 55 pounds. It's only a little over two pounds of weight to carry. Wow. It's crazy light. And that was the ultimate. And I'm like, I'm thinking, do I want to spend $400 right now on a tripod or do I want to wait some time? I have time to wait. Just get something. After our trip, when we went up on our photog adventure recently that we did another sunset photography, I used a tripod that he had that was from China that looked like it was very promising, but immediately I found that it was just too weak. Mm -hmm. The way it extends, when it extends from the first leg size, the other leg sizes that extend off, that telescope off of the original compressed size, were way, way, way thin and flimsy. Mm -hmm. And so nothing held. I had a nice lens on there that I couldn't keep steady, and I wasn't able to get much of a shot where I could bracket. I had to just focus on one composition, some artistic composition, and not focus on bracketing because I wasn't mm -hmm. going to get that out of this mm -hmm. tripod. And so I've been frustrated thinking about how, where do I find that tripod that's going to be small and nice and quality for now to put this ball head on and I can get me there for a year or so before I pay for this $400 Faisal tripod. Well, looking up everything that people have recommended, all of them that they've recommended are unavailable now. <laughs> They're no longer in stock, right? discontinued. Aww. It was disappointing. And they said, go for this Enduro, go for this Obin. And this Obin that was actually not discontinued, that was mm -hmm. recommended by David Kingham, it was... $250. Hmm. And I'm thinking, I don't want to spend $200 of the $400 on a tripod that's a temporary tripod. Mm -hmm. Either way, because of my situation right now, I'm putting this on PayPal credit. I'm going to be putting myself into a little bit of debt to get it. I'm going to be paying for it over time. So do I want to pay for my temporary tripod over time or just bite the bullet, take $200 more and get that one that I really wanted. Mm. And so I'm glad you brought up tripods because I can tell you and report that, man, I am getting the tripod at probably the last tripod I'll buy in the next six, seven years, if not longer. Nice. I'm really excited about it. I'm sure my wife will not be as excited about it when it comes in the mail, <laughs> but, you know, I can kind of feel that this is the end. But you never should say that out loud when it comes to photography oh, gear. Geez, if you say that yeah. you're done buying photography gear, you won't. It won't be true. No, because I've had that thought, <laughs> thought a few times myself, and still yet here I am looking at new stuff to buy. So, <laughs> so what I ended up getting was a Faisal Tournament CT3442. So 3,442, it's a rapid four-section carbon tripod. It barely weighs over two pounds. It can support up to 55 pounds. The way it clicks as you pull the tripod up to a higher angle, it clicks into position. You don't have to pull out a little piece of metal that releases the tripod folding mechanism so that you can bend it up you can just click away pull it up and then once you, oh no no i'm sorry you have to push down on it with your thumb to pull it up and then when you want to compress it back down and bring it in you can do that with just click 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 pushing on it with a little pressure so this is a fantastic tripod i think we're both going to be loving it when it comes in oh i'm gonna love it yeah now i have a place to put that awesome acrotech ball head and it is fantastic so nice. i spent all this time that I had to talk about the tip of the week on drooling over my recent gear purchase of a tripod. It's the last time I'll talk about this tripod. Well, okay, the last time no, I'll talk not. about the no, future not. of the tripod because yeah. once I get it, I'll review it and I'll say how well it turned out. Let's talk quickly about the tip of the week, which is use a program, an app, anything that you can find that'll tell you the astronomical twilight time, civil twilight, nautical dusk, all that time, plus the sunset, sunrise, blue hour, golden hour. 
What I recommend if you have an iPhone or an iOS is Soul colon Sunclock, and you will find an awesome app. It's $3.99 to get one without ads on it. I pull it up right now and I look at it and I can tell me on the 27th, the night that we were out, that our golden hour began on 7.44 p.m. and ended at 8.47 with the sunset. Now in our area with the, with the mountain ranges that we have, we get it blocked a little earlier than 8.47, but you know that the light is gonna change from that point on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love this app for the very easy way of reading it. It's a simple circle around a globe, and so you have this look of the earth, and you just kind of push it and roll it with your finger. You can see the different times of day. It'll give you precise minutes on when the sun goes down, when civil dusk is over, when nautical dusk is over, when astronomical dusk is over, and now it's completely dark. And so when we're planning our shots and we're going anywhere, because this doesn't need a network to run, I can quickly look at this and reference it and say, okay, look, we've got 20 more minutes before sunset. Or we'll go ahead, let's hurry up and take these shots because astronomical dawn is beginning in 10 minutes. And so I love having that with me. It's a great app to use. Again, it is Sol. That's S-O-L, Sol. Yeah, yeah, thank you. It is S-O-L colon sun clock. It's a sunrise, sunset, and golden hour solar alarm clock. It can be working without a network. It can set alarms to remind you. It has blue hours, golden hours, every hour of the day, and gives you that information with an easy, quick load. As always, guys, thank you for joining us on Photog Adventures. We love that you're coming along with us. We hope that you're getting out there and having a Photog adventure of your own. Thank you, Brendan, for joining me today. Yeah, thanks, thanks everyone, for listening. Thanks for joining us. Keep going out there whenever you have a free moment. Make sure you don't waste any of that free time that you have and bring your camera with you, and we'll talk to you next time. See you guys.